0: So, Kurt, you got to tell everybody that story. Tell me that story about Bob's standard station. So,
1: you know, you live right around the corner from it. Back in the day, there was one Chevron station on the corner of Crossville and Crabapple, and I was 15 years old. I wasn't that big of a kid; probably only 90 something pounds, but if that. um, I bought a brand new, or not a brand. I bought a '64 Conline van when I was 15. wasn't even old enough to drive it. What were you thinking?
0: You gonna get women in the back of the No, band no, something? I had to sell That's it when I started dating. 15. I had to sell that one,
1: but but anyway, I would. I wanted a job, and I've always had a paper. I had a paper out back in the '60s, delivered to Sun Times, the Tribune, Wall Street Journal. If you made it through the winter, you got a fifty dollars bonus. Um, I pulled a wagon. I Had to drop the paper into the, uh, uh, the between the screen door and the other door. But anyway, I wanted a job at, at the Chevron and he kept telling me no because back in the day we had to wash the windshields and check the you know we had to, it was full service and finally one day i was up there just acting like i knew what i was doing on my truck and he came up and said Do you want a job And i'm like yeah and i ended up working for him for five years and over those five years he fired me three times but he fired me not because i was doing anything wrong he fired me because he'd get into the juice <laughs> and, and be some little thing that would take him off and and then he'd hire me and, and sometimes he'd be begging but my mother kept trading with him, and that was a lesson really learned, because my mother would say, he didn't do anything to me. I like trading with him. I don't. I, the, your, your problem with Bob or his problem with you is between you and him. A lot of parents today would be like, oh no, you, you've you hurt my son, so I'm not trading with you anymore, yeah, and I'm going to tell yeah, all my
0: friends. Helicopter. Nah,
1: the, the worst thing you can is my mother kept trading with him, and one day he came up to her and said, uh, Evelyn... Uh, um, you know, I really need Kurt back. And she goes, well, you know, he's working at this other place. She goes, well, what do you think? You think he'll come back? She goes, well, that's between you and him, Bob. And, and she goes, but I'll tell you what kind of guy he is. And she goes, uh, because he said he's the only guy I trust with the keys to my station. I mean, he trusts me so much, the alarm went off at my house. He, they called my house also because I live closer than he did. So she says, well, let me tell you about his the trust factor with Kurt is he had a man come in one day and only want $5 worth of gas. And Kurt was always trying to do things quickly. He didn't like being just sitting around waiting for it. He could have pumped the five and then checked the tire. He wanted his oil check, windshield wash, and his tires check. So I try to do, I put it on slow and I try to do it. Well, I got so tied up with other stuff that it went to like eight bucks instead of five. So I went back to the window and I said, sir, I'm sorry, but I know you only asked for five, but I was trying to do it quickly for it and it went over to eight. He goes, well, son, that $3 is on you because I only asked for five. I'm thinking to myself, you still got the gas. <laughs> but it was a lesson I learned. Of like, you know what? Sucked it up. Didn't tell my boss. Didn't tell... I told my mother when I got home. Didn't tell Bob about it. Put Took the $3 out of my pocket. Put it in the cash register myself. Didn't say a word. Lesson learned in life. Don't be a crybaby about things, right? So um, he told my mother. He didn't know it. And my mother told him that story. He goes, oh my God, he didn't have to do that. He, I would have paid that. He goes, no, that's the kind of person he is. He's very trustworthy. You can... You know, that's why you want to hire him every time. And so yeah, I worked for him. And when I worked to work went to work for Bob, I probably couldn't tell you where the dipstick was on a car. And when I left that place, just from just from observing, I learned I was doing water pumps and air conditioning work and all kind of stuff on a car. And it was just from watching. Because it was always like I always had this feeling in life that whatever job you're doing. Do it like it's the job you're gonna do for the rest of your life. Give everything you got into it. Because if you do that, then you'll go through life not being so ignorant. There's so many things I learned on so many different jobs I had, and, and it just it just makes you less ignorant in life. Because ignorance will really cost you in the long run in life. Yes. So that's the story about Bob Bates and working at the Chevron. Wow, that's awesome. And I still wear those chevron shirts and sometimes I'm cutting grass and my name's on it, Kurt. I got a chevron shirt. You still got the shirt. I still got the shirt. Oh my God! I wish you'd worn that shirt tonight, <laughs> man. You got to wear that. When I turned fifty, I wore it because we were going to a little redneck dive bar, and I wore it, and hell, everybody in the place was
0: calling me Kurt because I had my chevron shirt on. So, well, everybody, we got Kurt Latanzi. Kurt Latanzi and I have been friends since uh, since I was in the eighth grade and he was in the ninth grade. We both went to Roswell High School together, and. He was one of the first Catholic people that I ever met, because back in the day in Roswell, there weren't a lot of Catholics. There were mostly Baptists and Methodists. So, True. anyway, um, Kurt, I, I, you know, when we do this podcast, we always like to do a little something on whiskey, and um, and so today I'm doing one. I'm doing a Catholic thing for you today. So this is a Catholic thing. So a lot of people don't know Jim Beam is uh, one of the top-selling bourbons in the world, and um, and the Beam family. Uh, distilled it for a long time, and then Jim Beam's grandson, uh, one of the No boys, Noe boys, Booker Noe was his name, he started distilling. Now his son Fred Noe is a distiller. And so this is basically a four year old bourbon, and most a lot of bourbons aren't that old. They got it, they a lot of them will do them at two years, but this is why Jim Beam's a pretty good, inexpensive bourbon. And then they have this Jim Beam Black, which they aged a little bit more. Most people say about a year more, but the interesting story is Basil Hayden. So Basil Hayden is Jim Beam that supposedly is about seven years old, and Basil Hayden was a Catholic guy that moved the first 25 families, I think it was, to Kentucky from Maryland, and and he was one of the, he was the first guy to donate property in Kentucky for um, for a Catholic church. And so Basil Hayden made his bourbon with a little more rye than everybody else. So Jim Beam started making Basil Hayden, and it's basically seven-year-old bourbon. And it's this, this, this um, piece of paper and all is supposed to be like um, the priest. And that's why that, that has that on there is because this guy was Catholic. Does that look like the priest yeah, yeah. that you're playing? The vestments that they wear. Yeah. What's it called? The vestments. The vestments. Oh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so I brought out my sort of Catholic bourbon for, uh, for my good buddy, Kurt. And uh, we're going to explore a little bit about Kurt's philosophy. Kurt's philosophy, he is um, an all-state agent and he's done really well. And I want to talk to him about how he grew his agency. On top of that, he's an entrepreneur, and he's into several different businesses. And, and I want to know a little bit about that, too. So, um, Kurt, I want to know, what do you think is that you've brought to your business that's different than maybe a lot of other guys that are in all state. In other words, how did you make yourself or how did you grow your business maybe differently, in your mind, than some of your peers? Um, I started when I was 30 years old, um,
1: and I've been doing it 32 years now. And um, I would say the thing that, you know, there was 23 people in my training class in Chicago, and after three years, I was the only one that made it. Wow. they all a, it's gone. A, they're all gone. In three years, they were all gone. Wow. It's uh, the dropout. You so know, why,
0: did you, why did you make it?
1: I, I had two kids in and in a, in a wife that didn't work outside the house, um, and it was, I was The first year I started out in Canton, Georgia, I was Rookie of the Year, and I'm like, "How the hell am I Rookie? I thought I was terrible." Um, And I'm like, "I was just, I was relentless." I think I went through the whole smiling and dialing back in those days. You know, technology wasn't there 30 years ago. So what did you do? Picked up the phone book and I called everybody in Canton, Georgia, um, and asked them, you know, when their policy came up for renewal and if I could call them, you know, 30 days prior and give them a uh, a quote. And, and Canton was just a growing little town back 30 years ago. Everything was happening like in Town Center in Woodstock. So speed up the story a little bit, I ended up moving to Dunwoody. They, they, they asked me if I wanted to move to a different office. And I said, yes, uh, I would like to get to more civilization <laughs> back in those days. Well, that's a big jump because Dun, Dunwoody, Dunwoody was cooking. Dunwoody was, was right. It was a good place. And, and I've been in Dunwoody ever since then. Um, I just, I, I, you couldn't fail. I just couldn't fail. It was a point with me. I just, it, to me, it was like, I'm putting this money into it. I have no other option. I've got to make it work. So I would do things that maybe a lot of agents didn't do. Like w- when I first got into it, Apartments. I'm like, you know, let's start out with the apartments. There were so many apartments being built around Dumonty back in those days. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so that, how'd you get in there? How'd you meet? I would things? go over and they called me the cookie guy. I'd go over and, the and had these 10 cans of cookies at the Doubletree Hotel. they just fresh and hot. I'd go over there and take them. And and I had, I'd ask the girls, you know, usually they're smoking hot leasing girls at those back in those days. And I didn't mind going to visit them that much. <laughs> Charm them a little bit, you know. And, and, uh, anyway, I, um, I would just go visit them and I figured out, okay, I'm not getting a lot from this, so what do I need to do to tweak it? I think that's the one thing people have to look at is yeah. when you try something, if it's not working, then maybe it wasn't the right thing, and maybe you don't need to throw it totally out. Just tweak it. Oh, so it. I had I came first out with a question answer, like why do I need renters insurance? Uh, what is it? What's liability doing for me? Um, do I if I don't know anything, do I still need it? Yeah, because you have additional living expenses. You know, you see all these people on the news that say, hey. Red Cross is taking care of them. Like all you had to do was buy a life insurance policy, or not life, a renter's policy, and you would have stayed at the Holiday Inn or whatever hotel you wanted to. The insurance pays for that kind of stuff. So you so were it was, educating, it was educating them. Educating. So I had a question answer that I would ask the releasing agent girls to put in their packet when they left. And when they left, uh, no, when they when they came into Where's their apartment. It? Oh, yeah, okay. you know, new new people coming in. Yeah. There was a question, and my name was on it with my card. And they didn't mind doing that. They didn't mind because I was, take, you know, I was going to see them and being nice about it. Um, and then I said, you know, why isn't it why not it getting me that much? So then I said, just let them know that it's not that expensive. Back in those days, it was probably like 150 bucks a year for for a policy. Ten dollars a month. Yeah. Why why weren't so I put the price list. This is what it is if you want fifteen or ten or twenty thousand. And I showed that, and that's when it started really kicking uh, for me. So
0: the price helped.
1: Price showing the price can help sometimes because right?
0: they they thought they might have thought people it was more thinks expensive. it's
1: more expensive. So so let them know it's not
0: so expensive. Um, so what do you do today differently? You
1: think it's, the internet, the internet. it's changed a lot, Steve. Since then, I mean, first of all, apartment conflicts won't even hardly see you because they do it everything electronically. They, they have, they have uh, done programs with, with like a, a company, XYZ company, and if you don't bring it to them, they'll put you in it automatically. Why do they want you to have insurance? Because they don't care about your contents. They just want you to have the liability. If you burn the place down, they want to come after you. So that's why they make you do it. So they make you do it now. Most most good apartment complexes do. You know some of the others don't, but most good ones make you do it. Um, And and so it's just changed. It's it's not something I grew up. How are
0: you marketing yourself now in today's environment? Different. You know, what are you doing? I mean, what's your? Well,
1: I've I've grown the business to
0: a very large agency. I'm considered a
1: mega agency at Allstate. And um, to be honest with you, when you're doing it 32 years, people come and go. So I can I can just give my salespeople leads from winbacks people that have left us that now all states coming to their own right now we're very competitive especially in auto always have been on home especially in auto now, so we're we're doing what we call, a call win, winback customer. winback campaign right we already got their information a lot of people left us maybe for just auto but left their home with us and now we're writing back their auto um, so that's that that it's a lot of internal stuff. Cro- um, cross-selling people that are already with us, but win-backs that left us everything. I mean, I've got thousands of people over the years that, that have gone. And you didn't, they didn't leave because of me.
0: They left because, you know, the price got yeah, How did you in. get thousands of people? I mean, to me, in my world, that blows me away because, I mean, I kind of have to go hunt each one. And the insurance... I mean, if I get one mortgage customer, you need to get 20 people to do an insurance policy, right? Because it takes... It, takes longer. It, to it's th- a lot of large numbers. It, yeah. yeah. So how do you get those large numbers to where you have a thousand that have left you? I mean, I don't, I don't, I
1: mean. It, uh, if you take care of the people and not just on the day of the sale, but you take care of them and, and you, I, I, I'll tell you one thing that probably separates our agency also is a lady called me one time and she said, I'm shopping. I'd like to get home and audit with you. This is three or four years ago. And, um, I said, okay, I gave her a quote. I don't even ask what your coverages are because I don't want to give you, if you're calling me as an agent, you want to see some value in me. So I told her, she said, why should I do business with you and not the other Allstate agent or the other state farm agent? I said, because they're all going to tell you they're going to give you good service, right? They probably told you that already. I said, service is expected in my book. You should always be able to get good service. I said, but one thing you're going to get from me that you might not get from them is the advice. I know my policies inside and out. I know the things that you need. I've seen every kind of claim there is. Probably not every kind of claim, but a lot of, a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I know what you need. And in her particular case, it came back and it, it, she called me and thanked me once uh, after she had this claim. She had a claim where a lightning strike blew out her electrical panel. And um, she called me she goes, I want to thank you for adding building code coverage. She had an older house. And I said, Well, well you're welcome. I said, But why would you call me? She goes, My claim adjuster from Allstate came out and said, Whoa, I, he was going to, he said, Listen, um, you're going to have to probably pay three or 4000 out of pocket to bring this electrical panel up to code because it's, it's an old break, breakers that you have in it. And you had put that on and he goes, oh man, your agent added this? He goes, 95% of the agents would have never added it. He's a, he's a great agent. And so she huge. She you ought to call your agent and thank them. But That's the advice. Yeah, and those but- are little things that I think customers, when they see that, you're doing that for them. They're like, you know, it's not just about the price. If you sell price, you're going to die by price. Right. Um, You have to sell your value. And your value, the most important part of value, and I've always said this, is price. But it's not the only part of value. Right. right? you got to be competitive. you got to be competitive. But you can separate yourself just by showing that you know your stuff. You know what they need. When they call in today, I don't care what your coverages are. I'm going to quote you what I think you need. When you look at the bottom line, sometimes I lose customers. Well, what if
0: they say, well, then I want to go somewhere else that's cheaper and they don't have any other coverages? Do you keep selling?
1: No, if they say that, I say, well, I can strip your coverage down and give you the same thing if that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah. I just don't think you need that, all right? I'm... I'm, there's that moment of truth for everybody. I'll bet you if you look at people today, and they'll look at their policy and say, I only have $100,000 in property damage, or 50,000. I had one today. I don't 50, even know what any of $50,000 in property damage, right? Yeah. Well, I quoted $200,000 in property damage and still sent them the quote. We got the business. It was better coverage and actually a better price. All right, so I, I need know. But, but what I'm saying is you have to show them why you know what your stuff is. If you, tr- if you total some $130,000 Tesla that's an S model, right? You only got a hundred thousand, guess what, Steve? You're paying 30 grand out of your pocket. I don't know if you know that or not, right? Would, <laughs> Unless you got an umbrella policy. Yeah, I right? wouldn't know that. So your your
0: your your theory is
1: I need to let educate them know them. that.
0: I need to educate, educate them. Educate
1: them and advise them. They don't have to take your advice, but just advise them and um, and, you know, sometimes you don't win. Some people are just so price sensitive.
0: You just, do you, are, how, how do you deal with that? you okay with that? I how tell you, them not. How no. do you work that out in your mind? If they're
1: price sensitive, I said, I can strip it down to whatever coverage you want. And I'm sure we sh- you'll show, show a competitive price. I always, add, I usually always, almost always add accident forgiveness and deductible rewards. This is something other companies don't do.
0: But if you don't want
1: it, I'll take it off. It'll but how do price. you
0: deal with that if they say, no, I'm going to go with the other product? I'm going to uh, go with the lowest price. Well, if, if they're going with the lowest price, I mean, you don't win everything. You, you yeah, don't to. So how it do you deal you. with that? How do you deal with that? Does some it will. You?
1: Yeah, some will, some won't. So what? Next. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so next. Next. That's the thing you say. I mean, you next. can't let stuff like that get to you. Right. There's a, so much business out there. If you lose once, next. The heck with it. Next. Right? Okay, don't so I want to go you. back to this original. Unless thing. you found you did something wrong, you you try to fix that. If All you, right, but if tell you me,
0: wrong. how did you get to where you have. Hundred, how I mean, you, you're writing 50, 100, I don't know how many policies a month. How are you getting those people? You can't be meeting them all one on one. Um, if you got a, when you,
1: we we have we do some marketing through the um, gosh, I'll plug a company called YPC. <laughs> okay, we uh, we do they when you do a Google search, yeah, if you're within a 20 mile radius of my right. office, when you're doing that search. It'll show, Allstate will pop up on, on your, it'll say you call You pay for that? I pay for that, yeah. Yeah? I pay for that. I have to pay Google every time. they. Does that plan. work? Pretty good? It, it, it has worked very well. It's, it works. De- I mean, I'm still doing it. It's it's worth it because yeah. you don't really, it's kind of a break even the first year, but, it, but when you're in our business, it was a residual business, so if they stay with you, you'll make them. You'll make it back as years go on. You do any mailers? You do any... Don't uh, do any mailing. I tried mailing... Ad local newspaper. Don't do any... Um, tried that also years ago. I don't know if newspaper advertising is 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 working yeah. for the what you pay for yeah i i gotta tell you i mean the best i mean i'm not tech savvy but some of these kids today your, your son connor is sitting over here like the stuff he does trying to educate people on a mortgage that's what people want to see an advisor that he knows the stuff i want to do business with him so yeah that's that's I don't, I'm not there to, to bring it. I mean, there's a lot more I could be doing today, Steve, to bring in customers. And some of these agents, young agents today, they're doing it. I mean, what are they doing?
0: What are some? I'm, uh, I'm they're buying they're
1: buying internet leads and, and spending fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month just doing that. Um, and then they got to have somebody call all. They internet. they'll hire nine or ten people and they're calling. They're training them to you know how the, the script is and how to say things. It's just not in my point in my career. It's not what I'm willing to what do you wanna or want to do. Wanna do. Um, so, so
0: did you build your business on the back of anything in particular, like um, I believe a lot of highly successful people in, in the type of businesses that we have are involved in a lot of extracurricular things, like they might coach your kids or church or uh, rotary or chamber or something. Did you do any of that stuff going when you were coming through? I did. I, um, when I first went into business, I was in the um, Rotary Club
1: um, and I was in the Roswell Rotary Club Moving to can I very, found it very hard to make the meetings, right? It was just, I, I didn't have the time to do it. Um, I coached Little League. I coached Little League for nine years, actually, over at Will's Park. You get some of those for customers? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I, I got some of them. It's um, just, it's really, I didn't look at it as doing it for that reason.
0: No, I know. But, but. It's but, a byproduct, but right?
1: But you, you do want to stay, you want to stay out there. and inv- I'm the Knights of Columbus at the, at the church. Okay. Um, so I advertise on the back of the church. You just show people that know you, oh, I didn't know he did that for a living. You gotta keep your name out there, all right? You, you don't. So how do you do that today? Um, not as much. <laughs> just because, I'm, it's it's just, you can't do a point in your career where um, I write a lot of business deals just on the book that I have. And I don't need to, at this age, you don't need to prospect. I don't, I don't need to do what I was doing. But when do you I first have young out.
0: people that work for you that are trying to prospect for business? Yes. And um, so, what are they
1: doing? Leads? Uh, mortgage brokers like you. And yeah. you find you find your bird dogs, right? Yeah. Um,
0: bird dogs got to have bird dogs.
1: Uh, bird dogs. The mortgage brokers are probably the best bird dogs because that's when people start looking at their insurance, right? You 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 always are saying, hey, I need to know what your insurance is because it's part of the mortgage payment. Right. We gotta ten, have nine that. times out of ten. Yeah. It is right. Yeah. So they're your best bird dogs, and and I would say real estate agents maybe come after that, but not
0: so much the real estate agents. They don't they don't get involved in that part of it. They, you know, they're so those young guys. What do you tell them about product knowledge? How do you do? You tell them that that's an important thing to get as much product knowledge, and how do you tell them to go about well, getting it?
1: The, the way I train it at my office, Steve, is is uh, we print out the policy, and I will say, all right, this week it's auto. I want you to study the auto policy. And then I'm going to ask you questions after, you know, we have staff meetings on Friday mornings. I go to the conference room and I'll say, all right, let's talk about auto policy. And I'll ask them questions about coverage. Would that be covered? Would this be covered? And, and if they tell me, I said, well, show me the policy where it says that. Or if they're wrong, I said, show me where it says that, right? So, and I say, well, highlight that because those are common things. And, and then I put it in a binder for them. And, and the highlighted things that come up all the time, like, like uh, if I rent a car, Kurt, is my you know, If I rent a U-Haul, is it covered under my auto policy? No it's not. And I don't know of a policy that says it is, even though they tell you my guy says it is, he's wrong, alright? Because I can show you it, it only covers four-wheel private passenger type vehicles. A U-Haul isn't that. In fact, most U-Hauls have a sign that says, if you think your auto insurance is covering this U-Haul, it's not. They have that on their counter now. Um, it's just things like that that you ask them, and that's how they learn the policy. Um, I do. Then maybe the next week will so be homeowners. Product that, knowledge is, is you got it.
0: You you is that you, more Is that more important than having passion to sell? The yes.
1: Product? You to me, you can't sell well unless you understand what you're
0: selling. So what do you do with a young guy that comes in? He doesn't have much product knowledge, and, and he's trying to be a salesperson. Does he? Does it? Does he need to wait till his product knowledge gets good so then he can go sell? He he works in service before I put him so, in sales. Okay. So
1: and he, and he does service. Taking payments, uh, you know, adding a call. Learn how to speak the car, language. the language. Yes. I've tried taking a salesperson. Some agents can do this very well. They have good training programs. I've just never been that successful at it. I'm not saying that
0: my way is the only way. It's just it's my way. All right. How about relationships with your customers? Do you have, do you try to have deeper relationships with your customers or, or, yes. or is that important? Or very important. Too many customers and you can't develop relationships? No,
1: no. Relationships are very important. I, I tell you what, when I do hang it up, I'm going to miss that part of it. My customers are just, um, I mean, they, they put bread on my table for, for so many years, right? Mm-hmm. I respect that for them. They, they Especially the ones that, that respect the advice I've given them over the years. They really do. I mean, and I, and you know, listen, I've had some of my best customers say, Kurt, you know, you know seven or eight years ago, Allstate was raising rates, I'm like losing some of my favorite customers. I don't blame them. You know what? That's the cycle of the business. It ain't going to be like that forever.
0: And, and that's when you go back and get them And back. you say,
1: and I just tell them, I understand, you know, um, price has gotten a little bit out of hand and, and in your situation for you, it, it, it impacted you more. Um, I hope that I can call you in another year or two when things change and try to earn your business back. That's all you can say to them. And and it's that relationship. And they remember you. They remember you from that. So absolutely, Steve, customer relations, it's not just selling somebody and saying, bye-bye. You know? So the person calls you on the <laughs> phone, you don't know them, how do you go about building that relationship with them? I, you ask them questions, you know. You like want to know what? like like what do you do for a living, right? Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out you're you're asking me to insure the most important assets you have, your cars and your home probably, right? hmm So I think I need a little note a little bit about you. How much coverage you really need? You know, if you tell me you're living in a $100,000 house, maybe you don't need as much coverage as a guy that's living in an $800,000 house, right? Right. I don't maybe need to sell that umbrella policy to that person where I need to on that other person. So you need a little, you need a little. know a little bit about the person. What else you ask them? Well, if you find out what they do, I mean, we sell other products too. So we have a Allstate Workplace Division. He tells me he's the human resource manager at UPS, which I did have that guy. I <laughs> still do actually, I think the one that retired. You know, there's an opportunity you can maybe get the benefits program at UPS. Now, that's a big company and that was pie in the sky, but if it was a smaller, maybe 100 employee yeah. company. So you find out things because it helps you develop you do. other business. You did. It helps you develop other business, right. Do you um, ask them about their family or their kids, or? Yeah, because we have to have those questions when you, you know, that has to be entered in the application. So are you
0: asking them while you're filling out an application? Or are
1: you asking them just enough? Um, I ask them the, the pertinent questions to fill out an app. You know, the technology is different now. It takes a little bit longer to do an app than it did before. There are more questions about. about, right? So I really, its hardly ever, unless the customer just insists on it, I hardly ever um, give you the price over the phone. I always try to get all the information and then call you back. And that way I can make sure you're getting all your discounts. I mean, people that go on our Allstate website, I can usually. Whatever that price is, I usually find m- more discounts than they knew they and, and, and usually I can do better, yeah. just because they're just they don't know about the business, they don't know what to look for. Right. right. And so, um, yeah, you have to dig, you have to ask the questions, and
0: and um. So um, how do you tell people what it is you do? Um, if if you're I bump me, into you and we're, I'm on vacation, I'm at the beach, and we get to talking. Um. I tell people I'm an Allstate agent. I mean, most people know Allstate. So how do you, I don't have how, to, do you how, how do you incite them to talk more to you if you if you they go I go well I live in Atlanta too and you're going oh okay this this person could be a potential customer how how would you lead that conversation
1: You know I, I I'll tell you to be honest with you Steve um, a lot of people. You know, they, they go by that thing always selling. And I do to a certain degree, but it really depends on the situation. Sometimes I don't want to be selling. Sometimes I just want to enjoy myself, yeah. And not go down that road. If if the conversation comes up, sometimes I think it's just a matter of this is what I do. I'm an all-state agent, I have an agency in Dunwoody, Georgia. Um, been doing it for thirty-two years. And if there's if he doesn't want to know any more about it, then leave it at that, you know? But Sometimes they leave just telling them that. And they're like, you know what? My pastor's coming up for renewal. I met that guy. We had a nice
0: bourbon or whiskey. a nice guy.
1: Right. And I'm going to call him up and see if he wants some. You know, I don't
0: hand All out right. my business cards to everybody. If you run into that. that guy and you go, ooh, I'd like to have him as a customer, how would you continue that conversation? Well, pretty much. There's not too many people I don't want to have as a
1: customer, so, you know, I would say there's a lot of people. Allstate doesn't want to have as The a whole customer. world is yeah. your state. I mean, everybody has car insurance that drives a car, right. right? And everybody has homeowner's insurance if you own a home. How
0: would you let them know that you're interested in doing their business?
1: I don't, I, I, I call it a fault, but I don't really sell that way. I, I just I tell them what I do, and they know what I do. I know that you feeling like it's
0: pretty, they know what it is. And if they're interested, they're because
1: I don't want to start a friendship or or anything trying to feel like I'm trying to, you know, get your business out of you. I don't want that to be. That comes later.
0: So when I run into somebody and and I ask them if they know Kurt Latanzi, what are they going to tell me? What are they going to say? I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) You've been asking them what they say. (laughs) What do you think they'd say? What would you hope they'd say? Genuine, sincere, you know, um, fun guy. Um, I don't know. Um, what would you want them to say about you professionally?
1: Genuine, sincere, honest. Honesty is, is a big thing with me. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. Uh, I. I. I remember one time early in my career, a customer said that. Um, she said something that wasn't even possibly to be true because it's just not even in the remote possibility that I would ever said that because it's it was so out of far left field like the policy's never in it there's no gray area here right and I said ma'am I, I didn't tell you that and and she goes well you did and I'm like well ma'am I, I didn't I'd never lied to a customer and I didn't lie to you so I don't really know what to tell you here but it was so, so it was something sometimes people just you know especially in this day and age, it's this attitude of I'm entitled to it, and it's not my fault. It's a, it's a it's it's something this country's having to deal with right now.. Right, right, <laughs> and right. so you can't make everybody happy like riches, remember riches back in the day., their oh, their customers' always right. Richard learned real quick. That's why they're out of business. Now, the customer's not always right. <laughs> well, you know, I heard
0: something the other day, and they said, if the customer's always right, then that means your crappy customers are always right. And, right. And I thought, you yeah, know, I never thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah. No, you the don't want every customer. You don't right. want every customer. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's certain had, people? I've had to fire, I, in my career, I fired
1: two customers. Um, Couldn't make them happy. Been over backwards. Couldn't make them happy. I'm just not your guy. I'm just not your guy. I'm willing to let you Makes you go. feel good, too. I had yeah. one woman, when I told her that, she didn't want to get out of the chair. I'm like, what do you mean? You can't fire me. I'm like, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, man, I've been, I've, you've been my customer for three years, and it's just every time you complain and complain, I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm being over backwards to help you on this. And I was. It was really. She was just being unreasonable. So, kind of Kurt, you've
0: always been a go-getter. You've always been a guy that's been all in in everything you've done, from when you were wrestling in high school to the different businesses you've been in. How do you talk to yourself? What are you? Do you have a little something you say to yourself, or is there a little saying that you've heard from somebody else? Or how do you how do you keep yourself motivated and going and wanting to do the next thing?
1: You know, I, I, I guess some people are born with a little bit of an entrepreneurial gene in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have. You've, you've done. I know what you've done in your lifetime. I have known you that long. Um, and I've just, I don't know. There was something driving me. I guess one thing I also learned is if you're not, if you're trying to get into a new venture and you're not 100% sure of how that thing runs, then find somebody who is. Don't be greedy. Even though you may be able to have the money to do the whole thing on your own, get somebody you know. First of all, you got to trust them. Implicitly, you got to trust them mm-hmm. and then um, get them as a partner and so you've done that right? I've done that. I did that. I bought my first office building in Dunwoody and um, I knew the guy that was trying to buy it. he owns a lot of property you know who I'm talking about and um, and he could make the deal work he was telling me about it and nine months later I made the deal work and walked into his office through the contract on his desk and I said listen I uh, got it under contract. He goes, how the heck did you do that? And I I'm like, didn't want to get into all the, you know, the the details of it. But I said, here's the deal though. I want you to be my partner 50-50. Because I knew that if I walked into a bank, I was going to get royally screwed. He walks into a bank, I got the best interest rate in town. And it's true to this day. So y'all each brought something to the table. Exactly. I I could have done that deal all on my own. But I knew that over time, it would be better to have a partner on that one that knew more about that business, and so I wouldn't be taking. It. And I've learned so much from him. Ramson, you
0: know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all've done other deals too. Right? We have. We've done. Are other any deals. of those other entrepreneurial things that you're doing are they any different in how you market them versus how you learned to market your insurance business? Are you um, using the same philosophies no, or some different stuff? Yeah,
1: no, like for the ca- the car wash. We own California Hand Wash over in Johns Creek and Norbert Hamilton Mill. And and we're growing that business. It's a very unique business. Um, you've been to it. You've seen yep. it. It's, a, it's, it's something that's kind of a different on the car wash. And um, and it's about, like this isn't, you know, I hate to steal things, but it's so true. It's, it's what Marcus Lamona says. It's people, processes, and product. Mm-hmm. And if you've got people, processes, and product, it's almost hard to screw up right and our car wash has got the best people working there even in a time when it's hard to find people to work mm-hmm. um, there's so much people are content not working right now right um but we're doing well and 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 the process is is something different because we hand wash a car inside of a tunnel we have people inside the tunnel hand washing it um that's something nobody else is doing. When I first heard of them, I'm like, aren't they gonna get soaking wet? <laughs> um, but if, you, you know, if you, you've you seen it, I mean, you can Google it, California hand wash, and you'll see how the process works. And um, and then the, uh, the the product, I mean, you get a better car wash. No no scratches on your car. How do you
0: market that differently than you do an, uh, an insurance agent?
1: Um, Instagram is what they're using. I'm, I'm kind of like, a, a, I'm not really silent, but I'm not involved in the day to day when my two partners ask me Again, I'll tell you how I found that. I saw one of my partners working a car wash near my house where I was a member. And I saw him for three years just running around like an energizer bunny. And I'm like, man, I'd love to have a guy like that on my team one day. That guy's a workaholic. Again, back to work ethic, right? You gotta have a good work ethic. You can't be lazy. And, and so I became friends with him and we started looking at car washes and almost had a deal on one in Gainesville but the numbers just didn't work out, couldn't do it. And I was gonna give him equity just based on how he performed. And, and he called. I called him up nine months later and he goes, why are you calling me currently? Hadn't talked to you in a while, Matt. And he says, uh, it's just funny, because another friend of mine, we've identified a car wash, we're a little short on cash. Would you like to be interested in investing in it? And I'm like, send me the business plan. And so I saw it, it didn't take me very long to realize it was a good business plan. I thought the real estate on it was very, almost worth, worth what the business was. We bought the car wash and that was the Johns Creek location. And uh, and Matt, they asked me how much I wanted to get involved, and I just went like, zero, Matt. Don't call me to come to work. I'm an Allstate Nation, all right? I, I'm investing in you, all right? I have no idea of this concept. You want to do hand washes in a tunnel. Nobody was ever doing it, but I trust you and I'm investing in you. And it's just been a big win in um, and, and the second location. How do you third.
0: market that? Instagram? I mean, they, they, they take Instagram, pictures and everybody comes out. We, have, and we
1: have a crew like this will come out and, 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 and show... Um, uh, they, I think we were on a block. I mean, I'm not on the day-to-day operation against Steve, but uh, Jack and Matt run it And Jack's really real good with social media. So a lot of social media. A lot of social media that they're using. Word's gotten out. And once you start out with that, you got to spend a lot of money just to get word out there. But once Mm -hmm. you do, then then it's word of mouth, which is nothing beats word of mouth. You know that. The best referral is a customer telling somebody about it. That's the ultimate right. It's it's the best thing. And that's why you got to take care of people. I was over there just now before I came over here, and I got my uh, car cleaned. and, And there was a car in there that I'm like, that car looks like it's been sitting outside for 30 years i mean it was brown it was white underneath but it was brown and i'm like why are we not washing the outside of the car the roof we actually washed some of it because he only wants the interior done and like and we lost money on that right we did the interior but the time it took i mean this car hadn't been cleaned in forever and i was talking to my partner he goes yeah we lost money on that all right but if we say no to stuff like that, you never know if that person you said no to is going to badmouth you, and it's not worth it.
0: You think right? a lot of people have forgotten that theory philosophy? I hope not. I don't know. It is a me world out there. Yeah. Um, I think that's why people like like us get more businesses because I think eventually our customers understand
1: that we really do care. I, you know, at Allstate, when you want to change agents, it's very difficult, and you have to, the agent that you're leaving has to sign off on it. Most agents don't. Um, and I probably have three or four hundred customers that I don't get paid a dime on, and I've never told them that. Because maybe there's an opportunity down the road, they refer somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't make a dime off it. Of that agent of record they think they left is still getting the commission. Now, people say that's And you're crazy. handling all their stuff. I'm handling everything. And people say, why would you do that? I'm like, it's the right thing to do. You know? Why wouldn't you tell them you're not getting paid? Because then they probably just leave State completely, and I'm taking care of them. They're a customer of Allstate. Maybe they're going to buy another house, and I'll get that one. Right? Then, they, then you get um, the problem. They're going to refer me somebody. So there's, there's some selfish reasons. Maybe a reason why I do it. But I never saw a reason to ask them or tell them that. Now... That one lady that left me, I did tell her because that was one I was not getting paid on. <laughs> and and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tell you. As long as you've been with me, you, you thought I was making money off of you. I don't. Um, why didn't you tell me that? I'm like, because I didn't think I needed to. I just wanted to help you because of your situation. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So that, that question about do people think like that? I don't know. It's it's a me kind of town right now, and I don't know if uh, everybody. Thinks the way that it used to be back in the day.
0: So what I'm taking away is um, you 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 think that it's real important to want to work, be a worker, and you think it's real important to really know your product, and it's really important to really care about your customer, build a relationship with them, give them good customer service. But what's your purpose? Why why do you think you're here? What do you think? Uh, what doesn't get done if Kurt doesn't do it? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? That you feel like is your your calling, if you will. What do you think that um, on a day-to-day basis?
1: Day, day, so I'm still one of those agents that goes to work every day. My staff even comments about that. It's like most agents, I don't care what who you with, um, they play a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I still go to work every day, and um, I don't know. It's just I'm more of a hands-on kind of uh, agent. Um, I asked my wife two or three years ago. I said spring break? It's dead in this town during spring break. This is before COVID. And I said, everybody goes to like the Bahamas and the cruises. I'm like, did we do any of that stuff with our kids? We had three daughters, right? She goes, uh, no. Um, remember my parents lived in Hilton Head. You were lucky to have that. And I piled them into the van and you never went with us because you always were building up an agency and you just said, Hey, I can't afford to take off a week. I'm trying to build this agency here. So that's why you don't remember spring break because you never went hardly. <laughs> now, as time went on, I started being able to do some more. Right as, right. as I built my business up, right. but but yeah, I mean that's the way I was. I was just relentless and wouldn't t- take time to to do something like that. Some people say, well, you didn't balance family life with with work life, right? I, you know, I tried to be there. My kids a lot, of, danced a lot, and I was I actually danced in the Nutcracker two or three years. That wasn't the. One, it wasn't something I. You really—you don't tell everybody about that? No, but I mean, it's your daughter asking you to do it, and and they need a volunteer. I didn't
0: know you danced in the Nutcracker. Yeah, I
1: did that. I was uh, a member remember the dance. I don't know. (laughs) Or the family's out there and around the Christmas tree or something. Um, But yeah, that's, um, I don't know, your question about... What's your calling? Yeah. I I just, I loved, I had a good career. I don't know how much longer I have, all right? I'm I'm at an age where you got to start thinking about retirement. Um... I got other businesses that that seem to be doing well. Not all of them have. I bought a trucking company with with uh, or invested in a trucking company with uh, some other investors. I think there was ten of us or so, but um, it didn't do well. Um, we leveraged itself a little bit, but you learn from these things. Yeah. So not everything I've done. That's that's the only one I think that's been the big failure. Um, but but we have some others that are coming up too that that maybe maybe they'll be home runs. Um, I order. promised my wife I wouldn't invest in more personal money because of our age. I would only use money from our businesses to reinvest, like open more stores or over more car washes or whatever it is. So yeah. you have Work to out you your have cash have, flow. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not going to take distributions. We're just going to keep growing the business. Gotcha. Um, so you have to um, you have to look at that kind of stuff and say, you know, don't take too much risk to where it would hurt me. And I don't think I've ever done that. I, my wife asked me one time. What if all the, what if, what if this thing goes belly up? I'm like, well, if one of them goes belly up, we're okay. If all of them go belly up, I gotta work longer. (laughs) And that was the one thing that I do have a job that I can keep working on, right? Yeah. And so that risk factor wasn't as, wasn't a, it wasn't maybe as big a risk for me because I had a job. If it didn't work when I bought it in the car wash, I had a backup plan. If the car wash didn't do well, I had a backup plan. If the, uh, if the Arby's restaurants didn't do well, I had a backup plan, you know? Yeah. Um, I could just work longer, so the money I was investing in that, I would just it would be gone, and I would just work longer and get it back. Awesome. Yep. All
0: right. Y'all, thank you for being here, Kurt. Thank you for being here. And yeah, well, go, get you some, me. go get you some Catholic bourbon when you get a chance. And I uh, didn't know the story on that investment yeah. thing. Is that, you like that? Yeah, yeah, He'll be buying some of that next I time.
1: I had some the other day at a restaurant. And I
0: he'll, had he'll, that brand. He'll yeah. tell that story because he's, he's a solid Catholic guy as I know. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in, y'all. Thank you.